Father, we're thankful this evening to be found in your presence, Lord. We're not looking at the physical boundaries. We're not even looking at the technology. But Lord, by one spirit, we've been baptized into a body. And the church is not composed of a geographical location, but it's the mystical body of Jesus Christ. And tonight, Lord, we're connected. Lord, members to one another, all connected to the head, which is you, Lord. And Father, we're inviting you to take the leadership. We're inviting you to take our lives and our situations, Lord. We're inviting you to come into our places where we are right now. Not just our rooms and the homes that we dwell in and the place here, but Lord, into our very hearts, into our very being, Lord. Father, into the deepest of the deep, Lord. For we desire and we feel a great need to be connected with you. Lord, we're inviting you now as we would take this next little while of this service, as we would speak on the words, Lord, that you have left us. Father, we know that that life is not in man or in the wisdom of man or in the personality or the intellect, but Lord, it comes through you. Lord, we know nothing except we know you, Father. And Lord, we're asking you'll take our vessels, you'll use them tonight. May you speak to our hearts, Lord. Give us food as we need in this hour, Father, for depending on you, Father. We commit ourselves to you every exercise of this service, and we pray that you would take the preeminence, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I thank you to the musicians. I'm going to ask you just to turn directly to the Bible. We're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 12. As you're turning, I just want to say it's good to be here today. It's, uh, we're coming upon an Easter weekend, probably unlike any other that we've had. And, and uh, somebody said, sent me a little something and said, you know, our churches are going to be empty, but we also have an empty tomb as a resurrection. And, then, and I'm, I'm thankful that one day these churches will be empty because of the empty tomb. And they'll empty because we're going to be with him one day. So it's Easter this weekend, and as I mentioned, you know, there's many special services planned, and uh, they won't be occurring, but Easter will still be going on. And I think it's a time we also can spend a little time before the Lord. I'd indicated last Sunday that if we could maybe on sometime Good Friday just gather together as a family, spend a little time to remember the Lord, make it a communion, make it a little time that's very intimate. I suggested a message, if you wish, you could listen to. It's called That Day on Calvary. It's in 1960. I believe it's in September 25th or thereabouts. But if you could do that, I believe we ought to remember the Lord. So we can do that coming up to this Easter. Let's just turn, if we can, to Matthew chapter 12. We're going to start reading from verse 38. I greet you all. It's, it'd be nice to see you. It'd be nice to be together. I appreciate all the little calls and the texts. And uh, the little photographs you're sending, and we want to remember one another. You know, there's something we're bound by, and that's Christ. So Matthew chapter 12, let's start the reading from verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights 
in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So the sign that he was referring to was not just Jonah, but what Jonah represented in type and was manifest in Christ, and that was the resurrection. It wasn't just the Good Friday, the crucifixion, he hung on the cross for me, but the fact that he did all of that, he bore that, he took my death, and he arose again. And we can arise with him when he does that. So he says, that's the sign you need to look for. The Word made flesh, the Word living. Now he'll also say this in verse 41, The men of Nineveh shall rise in in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. So now he's beginning to speak to that generation that's looking for a sign, and he's telling them, You've got a sign in your midst already. Not by events or, or a chronological things that are going to happen, but it's right in front of you. And he says, if you could recognize it, the men of Nineveh repented, but you're standing here and there's somebody greater than what was at that time. And he'll bring the same principle in verse 42. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. And uh, I'm going to just come back to that scripture in a moment. As I was preparing and just thinking about how it is for the service, I, I find I get even more nervous coming here and not seeing anybody and not knowing what you're doing out there. So I, I just, I needed to, and I was just looking at something, and I remembered, you know, I, and tonight maybe I, I want to not focus so much on the natural world around us, but I, wanna, I want us to focus on something that, that's greater than that, because in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it says, we, the, the things that are seen around us were made by things which do not appear. And so God, by faith, believed his word, and the world came into existence. And so without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we're not governed by things that are going around us, but we're governed by the channel of faith. That's still what's pleasing to God. That's the channel we want to walk in and work in, no matter what's happening around us. We're obligated to walk in that channel. So the Bible would also say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we look at the things that are not seen. You know, and, and, and it would, would tell us that the things that are not seen uh, are, the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. I was driving down the road and I saw a billboard, and the billboard is there for everybody, and it said, this too shall pass. And they're referring to the current events surrounding the lockdown, the virus, and everything that's there. I'm I'm looking at something greater than that. This world that we live in, too shall pass. And we're going to be somewhere eternal when all of this is done. That's what I'm looking for. So we're we're grateful. We want to look at that. I was just thinking how even in Brother Branham's time, when he was in the meetings and and you know how often he would uh, 
be speaking in the meeting, and then he's in that channel, in that spirit realm, and, 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 and you know, he's quite often at the end, he's, he, he was maybe in, in, in that realm of healing or discernment, and, and he goes, oh, what did she touch, he would say, somebody in the audience. She's standing, 20, she's, she's 20 feet away from me. So he's, he's not referring to a physical touch. And I think there was one meeting, there was a man standing behind the curtain in the baptistry, and Brother Branham calls him out, oh, he's standing back there. He couldn't see him physically, but there was a different realm they were working in. And, and I, I, I thought about that, and I thought, that happened within the meetings. But greater than that, it went beyond that. Brother Branham would make a comment sometimes, and he would make a statement, and he says, oh, uh, somebody resented that. And maybe not in this meeting, maybe out on the wire somewhere. Maybe the, someone here. So he caught what was going on. He was living in a realm that was close. And I, I want to encourage you, wherever you are tonight, God is not afar off. It, you don't need to worry about coming back to a church. You can touch him right now. He can touch you tonight. He's not afar off. He's closer than we realize. And I, I, I came across this last week and I shared it with some of the brothers Brother Adam would say, distance is no difference to God. He is omnipresent. He has to be to be God. Some of the greatest things I know of being done in my own humble ministry is by telephone or someone calling in or, he says, great things has taken place. Now let us agree together that God will do these things. Now wherever you are, let's agree together. Let's focus, and as we're coming into Easter, let's just take it and say, blank everything else out. We're going to focus on the God that knew we would be here. And, and I want to just take it from that level a little bit today. So I, I trust that you just take that. That was a... That was sort of the preamble, but I'll, I'll get into it. God's not bound by physical limitations. He's here. Amen. So I want to focus tonight not so much on the world around us, but I want to look at how God sees this. I was always reminded when, when Brother Harold would refer to Psalms chapter 105, and he would talk about the believers and how they journeyed, and, and, and he would say, he reproved kings for their sakes. So, so we could read the newspapers of the day, and it would have had everything going on with the economy, everything going on with the stock market, everything going on with the current governments and with the different things. And, but yet God wasn't looking at that newspaper. God was watching his own children. And when his own children happened to come by a king, that's when the king got recorded. But only God's eye is still on his children tonight. He's not looking at the situation and wringing his hands and wondering. He knows who his own are. We took this last Wednesday. I may be doing a little follow-up on that. But he knows who his own are. He knows how to deliver them. He knows how to take care of them. He knows how to feed them. He knows how, how he can still connect with them. He is God. He is above all these things. We want to be able to operate not through the eyes of man, but we want to operate through the eyes of God. We want to see as God sees because we're under an eagle anointing. And under the eagle anointing, we are looking through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of man, not through, through what the, the channel of man is looking at today. 
God's greatest displeasure in the Bible was 12 spies that went into Canaan. And 10 of the spies, all they looked at was the circumstances. They, they looked at the giants. They looked at all of the things that were there. And they forgot the promise of God. And I'll say this, there are giants in the land today, but I think we need to sort of take our range finder and tune them out. Don't spend all your time listening to the news. I, I, listen, I know the prime minister gives an address every morning. That might be nice. I haven't really listened to it too much, but I would say, thank you for, thankful for all they're doing, but I'd say greater is, is spending a little time at this address, just checking what's going on there. Entering into his presence. Having him talk to you, you talk to him. So God is, is, is interested, and, and I think we need to be able to, to do like Joshua and Caleb did. As we see the land coming into view, we keep looking at the promise. We, we, you can block out the giants and put them in the background. Anybody that's ever taken pictures, you, you, can, you can focus in on something and let everything around become blurry. It's there, but it's not the focus of the picture. And the focus of our picture is not a current virus. The focus of our picture is the promise of the hour that God has given us. That's what we look at. Everything else is subject to that. Okay, Matthew chapter 12, we just looked at this. They came to Jesus and they asked him and they said, we want to see a sign. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people looking at signs. They're looking at the events that are happening around the world, and they're, they're looking at them, and they're trying to interpret them and extrapolate them and say this and this. You know, I had somebody send me something. What's that guy's name? Nostradamus. And they sent me something that Nostradamus wrote, and they said he wrote something about something coming from the east, a queen coming from the east, which they interpreted as corona, and, and coming from the east as they interpreted China. And, and, and they interpret, and I go, my goodness, if you're, if you're searching for these things after, what good is it? But God has given his mind beforehand. He's given us what we should look at, not try to interpret the signs. The prophet is the only one, and he gives us what we should look for. We're not supposed to look and try to figure out how this goes with that, and this goes with that, but look on this, look on what God has given us. That's the thing that will give you faith to walk and to operate in this present world. So we want to be able to look on it the right way. So the sign, listen, I, I, let me just say this. There's been plagues before, pestilences before. And no doubt they had to ask themselves in that time, is this the plagues of, of revelations? They may have asked themselves. But I'll tell you what, we know, Jesus said, of that hour knoweth no man. But the season, we'll know the season we're in. And when that season is in, you know, I, I need to come to the next verses, so I've got to slow down here and, and just come to it. But the sign is the sign of the resurrection. Now, the Lord willing, we're going to go into that a little bit on, on Sunday. But I, I, I just think Easter is the most glorious time. So he, as, as Jesus is speaking to them, he is causing them, even as he's talking, don't look at, at the sky that's turning red or lowering. Don't look at these things. But he's saying, look at what happened in, in Jonas. And he's saying, recognize what's here. Because that's our comfort. 
You know, the, the world is really moving into what we call um, where you're going to be a, subscri- a control thing. You're going to be controlled by one power or the other. I, I used to have a uh, program. You can, you can get programs now. Uh, it's an architectural drafting program, but there's Microsoft Word. There's other things that are there. And you could buy the subscription, and the subscription would be good. You know, they give you updates along the way. But they've moved you out of buying something you keep. They want to keep you subscribed. So you just pay monthly. You get the free updates. But you have to be connected to them. So this is what's happening naturally in the world. You have to be connected. You have to be connected. You know, the, 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 the church world is, is even moving into a tribulation mentality. And, and you see, the world is, let's stock up. I, 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 there's one thing that blows my mind. I don't know what toilet paper's got to do with it. I really don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, stock up because you don't know what's going to happen. And, and, you know, but that's the mentality. But, you know, they're, they're, they're going to control you no matter what. But, you know what? The bride is also in control. Our safety is in our connection, in our link to God. It's not that we've got all the, 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 the tapes or MP3s or DVDs or all the books or whatever it is, but we've got a connection with God continually. I don't know what tomorrow will hold, but I know who holds tomorrow. That's our connection. We walk by faith. My goodness, i gotta got to keep on going here. So let's go over to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, and he, when he was demanded, so they asked him, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. So no matter how much you've read something in the message about this will happen and that will happen, and maybe you've got a chart or a graph somewhere, and this is going to happen there, that's not going to put you in the rapture. That's not how you enter the kingdom. It doesn't come by observation. But he says this, Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in you. Now, Brother Adam would make a statement. He says, Our eternal destination is not based on what we see or what we hear. But he said, our eternal destination is based on our discernment of what we see and what we hear. So that discernment is on a spiritual level. It comes by being in humility and prayer and in waiting before God and being diligent about the things of God. That's what gives you discernment. Feeding on the word gives you discernment. You'll see things. You'll know things. You'll identify spirits when you encounter them. That's what gives you discernment. So it's not what you see with your natural eyes. There's a lot of people even around, let's call it this precious message, that, that, that they're looking for this, they're looking for that, but we really need to focus on here. You know, I, I, I can't be, help but be reminded of the time that Jesus was born. And the bedding ground back then was Mary. She was the physical bedding ground. And it was at the time that he was born, or to be born, that the world went into an upheaval. 
You know, Caesar caused everybody to be taxed and to go back to their roots. So it was uncomfortable, and everybody was looking at all of that. And, and you know, everybody was going here, going there. There was turmoil. There was this. There was that. You know, and, and everything was going on. And, but in the middle of it all, God's eye was on one thing. Now, you think, if God chose to come to the earth in a time like that, what about the time in the, in the culmination of Laodicea, in the pre-tribulation, that he would choose to have a bride? Now God's eye was upon Mary. He was on Joseph. And, and, and every road they walked and every step, it was a fulfillment of Scripture. So are our lives a fulfillment of Scripture. The bride will be there. Oh my. I, I, I need to share this. Sometimes Brother Adam says we... We, we kind of get going a little too far. He says, we're always pointing. This is in Redemption by Power. We're always pointing to how wicked the worlds are getting. But you fail to see how powerful the church is getting at the same time. At the time of the Exodus, when Egypt, in Egypt, when they were about to go out, there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. That man had to come into power. He was growing into power. But at the same time, there was a Moses growing too. At the same time, there was a promise of a fulfillment that had to come forth. So, so he says, you look at how powerful, how wicked the world's getting. You fail to see how powerful the church is getting. She's rising up. She's standing on the field. She's a little flock, but brother... God's with her. And she's going to triumph just as certain as Christ rose from the dead. Amen. God's church will never fail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. They'll be against it, but they will not prevail. Now he makes this statement. I, I, like, it. I like it when he's positive. He said, the church is going to triumph through the blood of Jesus Christ with a victory march. I don't know, I feel like, I, I feel like marching on. <laughs> he says this again. I'm positive of this one thing. That God will have a church without spot, without wrinkle, or with blemish. Amen. I'm so happy about that. If I could share that quote like four or five times in a row, and I could put it on you, and, and you would get subliminal messaging, I'll tell you what, it would change our attitude. Let that sink in. God's going to have a church. He said she'd be there. She'll be there. Praise God. So he says in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, Neither shall they say, Lo here, lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said to his disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it, or they shall say to you, see here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them, for as the lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven, and shineth unto the other part, so shall the Son of Man be in his day. The gospel has moved from the east to the west, and when it goes as far west as it's gone, there's nowhere to go but back east again. So that we've, we've lived out the cycle of the gospel. I, I, I need to move on. As I said, there's so many things that I find are intriguing, and, and, and it's easy, you know, because 
now we all got time and we all got devices and we all send each other little links and little things. And I just say we need to be careful how far we take that. I'd say we also need to be careful, you know, and, and, and it's so easy. You get a quote, oh, it's a blessing, I'll send it. But, you know, I, I want to say something. Why don't you stop and digest it a little bit? Let God make it real to you. I think we've been given this time. I think we ought to use this time. I, I, I'm not just looking for the day that we can get back in church, although I desire that, and it's needful. But I'm actually looking for God to do things that makes himself more real. More real to the individual. More real to the teenager. More real to the family. Brother Andrew spoke the message on, on making a fire and an altar in your home. I think we really ought to follow through on that. Let's really get real with God. Let's be certain of where we are. I could, I could give you all kinds of events that are going on. I, I had a video clip this last week where somebody was, was telling me about uh, or showing a video clip where in Europe they've actually got a chip that they can embed in your hand and it's linked to your cell phone and it, and it, and it, it flashes. You can see it flashing under the skin. And you can use that link. You don't even have to take out your cell phone anymore. You just go up to the gym. You know, instead of having one of those key fobs, it just opens up because it senses the chip in your hand. You can go to your apartment, it unlocks your door for you because it senses the chip in your hand. You think that these things by science are there for a reason? They are carriers for, for technology. They're carriers for spirits to come and eventually get control. I, I'm glad for, uh, that God put a little chip in here, a little seed germ. I, I'm glad that's there. Actually, that's the title of my, my message. The true germ of life will also be manifested or will be manifested. We, we, we spent some time this last week just talking about the virus and how it gets into a cell and it has a host, and we talked about how Satan perverts it, but I want to flip it a little bit tonight. The true germ of God will also be manifested. Now, I, 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 I came across this yesterday, or just the other day, and it was a clip on Israel, and it said, while the world is doing this, Israel is going about for the first time in 2,000 years to reestablish temple worship. Now that may not happen right now, but the fact that they're becoming emboldened to do it, they're getting the backing of the United States, a president who, who, who did some good things for Israel, and I say, thank God, God's in control. I don't, I, that's the man God's going to use. Thank God for that. God's going to work his plan. All those things are wonderful, but you've got to see where you are in the middle of all of this. It's not good enough to be able to say that and show somebody the clip and show that. What you really need to show is this, what's inside. You need a token. You need the life. Brother Andrew shared a clip with us the other day, or a, a, not a clip, but a, a, a quote, where Brother Adam would say, there's going to come a time where you're going to need it. You're going to need the token. You're not going to just need to have books and, 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 and little data on your phone. It has to be inside. The kingdom of God is within you. Oh, my. Let's, let's, let's move this along. So it's not so much outside events and dates and all those kind of things, but it, it's, it's greater than that. Now, okay, let me, let me try and just relax and, and follow this through. There's always three believers. There is an unbeliever. There is a make-believer and there is a believer. 
And the prophet would, would make a statement. He'd say, he says, they're there in every service. Now, it's hard to say that when you only got 15 people in a service. But <laughs> I'm not looking at the people that are here and don't look at each other. We're connected to a much bigger. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How did I get on that channel? Okay, let's just move away from that. Let me, let me take something Brother Branham would say. He says, and this is out of the Church Age book. He said, in Revelations, which really is seven church ages, which spans the time of the Gentiles. He says, in every age, God addresses that age through a messenger. He that hath an ear, singular, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Notice, Jesus in every age addresses himself to only one person. Now, it's easy to rally behind that person physically. This is our prophet. This is who he is. That's it. That's good. But it has to go deeper than that. It cannot be good enough to say, I go to this church. Well, what, you can't get to this church. It's easy to come to church and hide in the group and, and be in the atmosphere. But we want God to make himself real to all of us. I'm desiring more reality of God. I'm desiring that where I could actually make a step one day and I know I'll be that close to a rapture. I don't just want to come back and sit in the form of church. I want to make steps and move closer. The world's moving closer. We ought to move closer. So he says, the messenger for that age receives what the Spirit has to say. Now, when Jesus was talking to, to the Pharisees that addressed him, we see, want to see a sign. He actually is pointing and is saying, if you knew who you were talking to. That's what the woman at the well received. If you recognized the authority that's been given. If we would recognize the authority God implanted in the messenger for this age. It's not separate from the Bible. It's shone light on the Bible. It's our protection. You can rest behind it. So he says, one messenger. Now listen to what he said. That one messenger is the messenger to the true church. So God is going to see that that message is going to get to the people. Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. So God's going to get that message to them. Now, he says... He speaks by God, or for God, by revelation to the church is, plural. And Brother Adam makes this statement, both true and false. Now think about that. The message is designed in such a way that it can catch the true, but it also catches the false. Now can you believe that? What's the channel that we're operating in? Because the channel can't be intellectual. It can't be on human reasoning. That's not how God deals with his people. Who is the church? Those that, that understand and they're baptized and they do this. It's greater than that. Let, let me just finish the quote. He speaks by God, for God, by revelation to the churches, both true and false. He says, the message is then broadcast to all. And he says, but... Though it is broadcast to all, it is received individually by only a certain qualified group in a certain way. My, I'm, I'm interested. What is that way? 
He said, each individual in that group has the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying by way of the messenger. They are not getting their own private revelation, nor is a group getting their collective revelation, but each person is hearing and receiving what the messenger has already received from God. Oh, praise God. That's wonderful. You know what? I thank God that that's available to every believer. But not everybody has the ability to receive it that way. You know, we can have all kinds of little, even, even amongst ourselves, we can talk about, well, I think this will happen and that will happen and that's happened. That's not really how we live our lives. We live our lives when we're actually alone. The real you is when you kneel in prayer. The real you is when you're listening to the message. It's just like when Jesus spoke to, to, to Peter. Who do men say that I am? Oh, like yeah, so these guys over here, they think you're this. They think you're in that camp. They think you're in that camp. And this is, but who do you say? And when it became personal, that's when you recognize Peter had something greater in him. Friends, that's the thing we lead on. That's what we live by. Revelation is so important to what we have in this day. It's not good enough to look on the outside. It's not good enough to see those things. We need to be like Mary. Mary knew what she had inside of her. No matter what was going on, no matter what the world was doing, Mary knew this holy thing was of God. And the bride knows the message she's received. This is not by man. It wasn't my choice. But it was God who gave this to me. And I think we ought to cultivate that and treasure it. Oh my, let's, let's use the opportunity. Get into some tapes. Get into the message. Let God make it real to you. Is that a burden? I guess it's a burden for me. I'm saying, Lord, don't let me waste it. Let me redeem the time. Thank God we have the time. I, I trust I'm getting lots of amens on that. Now, We are really living at a convergence of many different things right now. We call it, Brother Bannon would say, it's the end of time. It's really the end of history. It is the end of the Gentile dispensation. It is the end of America as a nation. It is the end of religious systems. It is actually coming down to the end of time for the bride on earth. That's one side. That's where we are being herded into. That's where we're going to. We're almost coming into a trap. But the ultimate deliverance is going to come by God. Let's leave that for Sunday. We're actually coming into that. Now let's look at the other side. It's also the ushering in. Like We know it's, this all leads to the ushering in of eternity. But this is also, right now, if we look at it, where everything is going, it's Israel moving into their place. It is, it is actually, you know, even under the opening of the seals and where we're at in this specific time, you know, this is a part that, that Jesus was actually trying to draw us into. It's, it's not what's out there. It's what's happening in here. The wheel in the middle of the wheel that Ezekiel saw, saw it was the hub. It was the spokes. What the world can't see is what's driving all of these things. 
And I'll say to you, God's eye is on his people. God's eye is on your individual lives. He knows every one of you. He knows where you don't have a job. He knows what's going on in your life. But more importantly, he is also trying to usher you to, the, to a place that you can be sealed in with him. So, so all of these things are happening. The world is, is, is the trumpets that were sounded under the sixth seal, which is the, is the judgments, the natural to Israel. You know, there's a spiritual, there's a natural part of that. But it ushers in the plagues and the tribulation. That's what's beginning to happen. At the same time, these two forces are all coming together. And, and, and we're living in that time. So, you know, there's way more than you can figure out with your mind. And as we, we said on, on, uh, on, on Sunday, the devil's shrewd. Don't, don't try to outwit him. Just trust in God. Be humble. Be in prayer. Let him speak to you. In recognizing your day and its message, Brother Aaron would say, Israel doesn't know how she got back in her place. National force put her there. Now he says this, national force put Israel in the homeland. National force will put the church in the world council of churches. So these are external pressures that are moving people into their place. Now so he's saying it puts Israel in their homeland. It's going to put the church in the world council of churches. But he doesn't use these natural forces because he says this, The power of God will put the people in the bride. It's not outside forces. It's God's own doing. The word he gave us is exactly what we need. It's got life in itself. That's the thing we need to feed on. Yeah, you might get a little pressure. That'll cause you to dig in a little bit more. But thank God. (laughs) Thank God that, that, you know, as things unfold, God unfolds too. Oh, he says this, the world forces this way, the world forces that way, but God forces upward. The Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, will put the bride in her place. She will recognize her position in the Word. Oh, it's not like, I got nowhere else to run, I guess this is where I'm going to be. No, I'll tell you what, the revelation is much greater than that. You know, I, 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 I marvel at different situations in the Bible. You know, there was a time when the prophet, I believe it was uh, Elisha, and he had a servant with him, and he was journeying, and his servant was fearful. And he's going, look how many there is. Look at all these soldiers. And, and Elisha is just telling him, don't worry about it. And then he says, Lord, open this man's eyes. And he looked and he saw on every hill there was angels. There was God guarding them. Watch. If we could look in that level, God is very interested in his message, not just the words, the tapes, the books, but where it's deposited. The people that are speaking for God, that's what he's watching over. We need to see that. So even though the situation didn't change, but when you see that, it puts you at rest. It says, oh, thank God. I'm safe in him. Everything's the same outside, but I'm safe in him. That's the revelation. Oh, man, is, is, is that what it ought to be? I, I feel like that's what we need to be looking at. That's what we need to be seeing. I, I, I got to jump on from this quote and get on to other things here.
God, in the beginning, I, I, I probably can't take the time in all of this. When God has a thought, and that thought is there, and He speaks that thought, once it's spoken, there is no circumstance, there is no situation that can stop it from bringing to pass. God's Word is a seed. The spoken Word is the original seed. Now, there can be a lot of things in between. When God allowed Rome to take Israel, and Israel was cast off and distributed into land, and Israel has been for 2,000 years, but yet somehow, in the quote we just read, they're back in their place. There has been empires that have come up and fallen and are, are gone. But there's one people, though they're scattered, they are still on the face of the earth today. And they are resolute, the real Israelis, about their land. They don't listen to what United Nations say. They don't look at what all the other pressures are. They've got one thing, because it's God that has kept them all this time, and it's God that's brought them to this place, and it's God that will bring them to where they ought to be. Now that's a natural type. You know, when God told Joseph by dreams and visions, you know, your brothers are going to bow down to you, and, and this is actually a part of the fulfillment that Israel is going to go through, he didn't tell Joseph you're going to undergo persecution from your brothers. You're going to be sold into slavery. He didn't tell him that you're going to serve in, in, in Potiphar's house. He didn't tell him you're going to be falsely accused and cast into prison. He didn't tell him all of these things. But the word that God spoke still endured in the matter of all of these situations. It never stopped. In fact, there may have been many times Joseph looked back but that dream was so real. But that, that was God speaking to me. I'll tell you, that's how I look at the Bible. That's how I look at the message we've been given. God does, you know, we don't know. You know, will the bride be there? She'll be there. How will it happen? I, I tell you what, God is going to make it happen. Now, I, there's, there's things I could get to, but I, just to keep the thought for where I want to go. I took this on, on Sunday. And, and I took the negative part about this. How inside of you, that you have cells, and, and when you're born, you know, there's a spirit, and, and, and then there's the, you, you're born, and then you begin multiplying cells, growing a body, cell upon cell upon cell, and, and, and that's how you are formed. But Satan will try to get in there with his life, and he'll try to get into that process because he needs a host to be able to do that, and he, he tries to destroy it. And we took this negatively. And, and, and he would talk about, and I'll just repeat this, where Brother Ram speaks through a message in 1952, testifying of his gifts. Through holy wedlock you were brought in the human incubator, a teeny little cell, so small the human eye can't see it. And in the middle of it is like a little knot that begins to develop. That's the spine. And then from there, a teeny little cell. It multiplies itself. It begins to develop. It's one little teeny cell, cell upon cell. Every seed after its kind. The bird will produce a bird, the dog a dog, a human a human. Every seed. And, and so he gives a principle that God established in Genesis. And the Genesis, in Genesis, it was botany life. It was animal life. It was, it was, it was every kind of life. And it said every seed would bring forth after its kind. 
And when he came to man, he came and he said, now man, he says, you will go and multiply and replenish the earth. So God had the, had the, the thought, it was conveyed to Adam and Eve when they were yet in one, and then God was looking to man by the spoken word to carry out his thought. So the spoken word is still the original seed. And God doesn't change his mind. It is still the word that we preach that has life in it. It's, it's God relying on us to speak his word. That's got life in it. And that will bring forth of its own kind. Now, he would say this. Oh, I'm going I'm to try and skip some of these. You know, the devil can't create. He has to work its way in. And you know what? We actually, there's cer certain things the devil can't do that we can do. The devil can't humble himself. <laughs> it's not in his DNA. It's not in his nature. He can't submit himself to a higher power. I I'm exposing all of his weaknesses tonight. You've got it over on him. You can submit yourself to God, and he can't. You know, he can imitate it, but he can't do it. So we can put ourselves into that channel, accept God's substitute. You know, our life, our DNA, our natural man, that was all fallen nature. The devil got into that. But then Jesus Christ came. And when he came, Brother Bannon would say it this way. He said, God was manifest in the flesh. He was the second creation. He was manifest in the flesh. The germ of life, it wasn't Jewish blood. It wasn't Gentile blood. But it was the blood of God. The, the cell came from God. And it was Mary had nothing to do with it. She was just the incubator. So God let that life form, that cell after cell, and, and in order that God could be made blood. And the Bible says we are saved by the blood of God. So that became life. That life spilt. And when that life spilt, it released something. Now, that's where we come in, and I, I don't have the time for that today. But let me, let me back up for a moment. Brother Branham would say, there's some part of me, when God created me, William Branham, I was before the foundation of the world. I wasn't conscious of anything as I know. I don't, and he says, oh, I don't believe you're getting it. Jesus told the disciples that he knew them before the foundation of the world. And he says, and Paul said that he chose us in him in that life, in that cell, he left a little germ. That was you. That was me. That was him choosing us. And he says, that was in Jesus Christ before the world ever again began. And now he says, here's my analysis of that. Every once in a while it's good to get an analysis, especially from the prophet. And he says, people today that are possessed with this spirit, a part of these angelic beings... Spirits which rotated off God that never fell in the beginning and they resisted the devil's lie in heaven. Now, God at a certain time, at a certain season, he knew you had to come forth. Not only did he send the prophet or the word for your time, you know, in whatever age it was, he knew you would come forth, but he also put inside of us certain characteristics that would identify with that. 
Now, there was something in you, though you had the motions of sin, though I had the motions of sin, though I ran after this, though I had this infection and this, this virus and, and all of this within me that the devil put through, through the, 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 bur- the, the process in the Garden of Eden. You know, yet inside of that, God had superseded that by a little germ. And somewhere there was something in you or something in me. We like to think it was us. We like to think... And God allows us to think it was us. Oh, I, I, I left my friends and I did all of this. Why did you even desire to leave them? Who gave you that desire? Why did you ever want to turn your heart to God? You know, Brother Dan, can you just put that up? Galatians chapter 4, if you don't mind for a minute. I'm skipping a couple of scriptures here. but Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are sons... God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son, and a son than an heir of God through Christ. So, because you were sons. Not not because you were born again, you became sons. Because you were sons and daughters. That's why there's something in your heart that could be turned. Oh, thank God for that. As much as The devil is going to manifest himself in all kinds of ways. But God will also manifest the original germ, the original seed, the original will come forth. Thank God for that. So I, I, you know, I I, I just marvel at, I I hear different testimonies from different people and, and how God has dealt with them. And it's always a marvel how unique Every dealing of God is with every son and daughter of God. Why? Because it, it's not, you, you can't piggyback on somebody else. You, you can't just, you know, un- unless you're truly called of God and you respond to God and you come face to face with him, he says, that, that's where real life is. It, it's not, an, oh, so-and-so did this, therefore I'll do that. That's exactly what Lot did when he followed Abraham. Well, Abraham's going, maybe I'll piggyback on that. But listen, that's not what we're called to. Friends, we are called. Our time is running out. We are called to be a part of him. I was just listening to questions and answers the other day. And this was so striking to me because a lady asked a question to Brother Branham. He says, will the foolish virgin be saved in the tribulation? What about Israel and what about the bride and what about all these things? And I'm personally, I'm listening to this, and what a mixed up question this is. And I'm listening, and Brother Bannerman says, you know, sister, that's a very good question. And I have to stop and say, okay, the prophet had more patience than I did at that moment. <laughs> and, he, and, and he answers the question, and it just so struck me. Just, just listen to part of this answer. He, he, would, he would say this, the Gentile bride is in heaven. He's talking about the bride. The sleeping virgin, the Gentile virgin, is not to be saved during that time. She's already saved. Have you ever heard that that way? And he says, but she has been rejected in the bride. She only goes through the tribulation period for the time of purification because she has rejected Christ the Word for her purification. They come so far, 
listen to the message, I know it or not. They come so far, and then they deviate off somewhere. And that's when they reject Christ. But that is not in the bride. The bride wants the whole word, the full word. That's where we're coming to. It must manifest. Your seed is Christ. He said, the bride has become the word, a complete atonement that was made of Christ because he is the word. Oh, I'll tell you what, if there's a desire, you know the greatest thing you can give to God? You can give him your heart. You can give him your will. You can give him, you know, he doesn't want you to give him, you know, just a few hours a day. He just wants you to put him first. And if you can put him first, I'll tell you what, that'll lead you into a lot of good places. That'll cause the enemy to come against you in different things, but I'll tell you what, I'd rather have God. I'd rather have Jesus. You know, than anything else in this world. I, I, I could read more of that, but let me just, just move this along quickly here. Now, in your germ, I, there's, a, there's a place where Brother Branham goes, and actually it's in Who is This Melchizedek? And he would, he would talk about it, and he would say, no, sorry, it's in a different message, Invisible Union. He's talking about how your old part of you, your old part, you must be born again, and he says, you, you come to a new spiritual union, not of the natural things, but of eternal life. And he makes a statement, that germ that was in you at the beginning found you. Now, I didn't know it was there. Listen, I'm not going to try and read any much more, I'm just going to wind my thoughts down. You never knew it was there. Abraham never knew it was there. How did God show that germ? He allowed Abraham to go through things. He allowed him to be tested. He, he, you know, he also allowed him to lie and, to, and, to, and for God to stand in his defense in the middle of that lie before a king, a righteous king even. He wanted to show Abraham that it's the seed I deposited in you that will speak for you. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm trusting at. And so everywhere, every one of us, no matter if you're raised in the message, no matter what path you've taken, you need to recognize there's something in me that's a part of God, and he's a part of me. And I'll tell you, there's no greater thing. I, I'll tell you what, I would give that to all of you above even ever coming back to church. Not that I'm against church. But I'd say, if you could have that, you would have, you, you'd rejoice in services. I, I could play a video clip on how you would dance down the aisle coming here to church. I'll tell you what, if you knew that, the rapture will happen when the bride recognizes her position. What we've been called to. Not by looking at what's out there and saying, I'm different than that, therefore. No, we recognize our place. My goodness. Esther. You know, Esther, she, she didn't, it wasn't Haman. Like she, Esther always thought Haman was more powerful. He's the second in the kingdom. What she really needed to realize is the king was willing to give her half the kingdom. When she came to that revelation... And she came when, and even at the point of death, and the king would hold out his scepter, you know, you, 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 and if you would even recognize, then she knew her place. 
She was no longer in the hall of the concubines. She was nowhere in just a purification. But she was stepping out in her position. That's what we need to do. Step out in our position. Know who we are. I'll say this. The world isn't going to tell you. The news isn't going to tell you. And I'll say this. Only God can make it real. A preacher might tell you. You might hear Brother Branham said, but only God can make that real to you. I'm a part of him. He's a part of me. Oh, what a glorious victory. I'm going to stop there. Let's have the musicians come. I, I want to encourage you. Take time with the Lord. Take time to dig into the message. Take time to do these things. I, I thank God that God has given us this time. You know, the devil's thinking, I, I'm, I'm more connected with the bride of Christ around the world than I've ever been. I know about prayer requests over here. I'm, I'm kneeling and praying, and I, I'll tell you what, I believe God's hearing prayers. They're going across miles. They're doing different things. There's things changing. I'll tell you what, it's, it's, a, it's a glorious time.